Lee Rice is going to bring a special. Good morning. Um, I found out last week that I was doing the special this morning, and I've been I've been praying all week about what song the Lord wanted me to do because whatever it was, I wanted it to touch you know people's hearts. You know, sometimes God asks us to do things that are outside of our comfort zone. <laughs> well, uh, that piano is my comfort zone, and but this week He asked me to do this song, and so I'm a little bit nervous, but um, just really listen to the words. You know, one thing about Christianity, we serve a God who is risen. You know, we serve a God who is alive, and so this song is all about that, and it means so much to me, and I just hope that it touches your heart.
sing this out. And we sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. And we sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. And we sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. And we sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. And we
I'm a sinner If it's not one thing, it's another Caught up in words, tangled in lies But you are the Savior And you take brokenness aside And make it beautiful, beautiful You make it beautiful You make it beautiful You make it beautiful You make it beautiful sing this out. Cause I am a sinner. If it's not one thing, it's another. Caught up in words, tangled in lies. But you are the Savior and you take brokenness aside and make it beautiful, beautiful. You make it beautiful, beautiful. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us come out and praise you through our words, through our songs, through prayer, God, through the things we learn, God. I just pray for all the people here this morning that the portion that they hear from your word, they just take it and use it through their everyday lives, God. That will, even though we were yet sinners, God, you died for us on that cross. And you make our brokenness beautiful, God. Thank you for everything you've done for us, God. Forgive us of all our many sins. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and open your Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms, chapter 5. And uh, we'll get started there in just a second. I appreciate... uh, the choir and uh, everybody in Lee getting out of your comfort zone and uh, very good. I've never heard that song that I, I, I mean, it sounded familiar. I think I heard it on the radio and that was pretty powerful. There was uh, a couple of the uh, words that I was uh, looking at on that, uh, that one uh, song that uh, Caleb led that said, The Heart That Is Broken that has nothing left. There was a verse that said that the heart that is broken, that has nothing left. There's a lot of times in our lives that uh, we feel like our that we have nothing left to give, and we run out of hope, and we run out of uh, strength. And there may be somebody here, and you're you feel like your heart is broken this morning, and you have nothing left to give. But God can take what is broken and, and mended. Matter of fact, the Word of God says in Jeremiah that the potter, he saw a defect in that, that vessel. And God crushed it. And he said, I'll make it new. And I'll make it over again. And maybe you're here and you feel like there's something wrong in my life. There's something wrong in my heart, my heart is broken and I have nothing left to give. And maybe that's you. I was also sharing in the men's meeting 
about the uh, my, my burden for the church. This past uh, January, I started a series of messages. It was one of the most, there was people all over, even that not even associated with our church that was saying, uh, they were asking about this series that I did, and the title of the series, if you remember it last January, was called Home Improvement, where we tackled some tough issues with uh, marriages and families and raising your kids and your mom and your dad and just all these issues with life, and we'll, we're going to be doing that same thing I'm already planning for next year's messages and uh, looking for those, or there, there's going to be another series such as that Home Improvement series. And uh, that deals, and I guarantee you this, I know you already know this, that Satan wants to destroy every home in this room. He wants to tear up every family. It was uh, great to see uh, Laney Joe back there somewhere. And, uh, and so it was great. When you bring those little ones, and uh, it's her first Sunday, I believe, and, and I see these little ones that keep coming and keep coming and y'all keep bringing them and, uh, serving the Lord together and, and, uh, bringing your family and your kids and your grandkids. And if you find out that there's a kid that has nobody to bring them, either bring them or find somebody will bring them and, uh, let, let us know, put us in touch. And I'm so glad to have you here this morning for this message. You know, we could say this this morning. First of all, we could say, welcome to promised land. And I want to tell you what's up. It's a very small word, but it says so much. You know, we look up, we lift up, we break up, we make up, we trip up, we get up, we shake things up, we can dream things up, we can open up, we can lift it up, we can lift it up, we can laugh it up. And then we can step up, stand up. If you got a favorite sports team, you can get fired up, okay? So there's a lot of different ways that the word up is. We can be upbeat, up and coming. And hopefully and truly, everybody in this room is always up to something good, okay? We can... <clears throat> so there's no downside to up because up is always headed in the right direction, so let's give it up for our Savior, Jesus Christ, who stood up one day up in heaven and said, I'll take on your sins. And He died on the cross, and they buried Him, but guess what? <laughs> he rose up. Amen. And He rose up, and He spoke up, and He said, look up, because the way I'm going is up, and one day I'm going to come back and get you and catch you up. And He's going to bring you back or he's come back for us one day if you know him as savior so it finally and it goes without saying this morning that when you die are you going down are you going up the choice is yours this morning you know that's what i want to speak on matter of fact this is the last of the words to live by in the words to live by series uh, next sunday is uh, Camo Sunday, I've got a special sermon lined up uh, for that, and looking forward to it, and uh, we will uh, get into the holidays, Thanksgiving, all of these things. Let's stand for the reading of God's Holy Word this morning. Psalms chapter 5 and verse 3. 
The Word of God says this morning, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. Father, I thank you for this time that we can lift up our eyes, that we can lift up our voices, that we can raise our hands, that we can shout to You in knowing that You are God, that You are Savior. And I pray that everybody in this room knows You as their personal Savior. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for... Looking at God's Word, you know, as a matter of fact, what, what we can do, we can look to the Bible and we can look it up. Everybody always thinks that the preacher's got everything memorized. I don't. And I can look things up, though. They say, Brother Michael, where is that scripture that says? And, uh, so, you know, and basically what I've tried to do, especially in the days of smartphones, is I've tried to equip you. And uh, some people say, and uh, you know what I'll do is I'll say, do you have a smartphone? A lot of people used to not, but now they do. But you can look things up. <laughs> you can, I mean, they got these free Bible apps where you can look things up and it's handy. You can plug in any word. Matter of fact, one of my Bible apps, whenever I, ty- I just wanted to look up the word up and I was looking up some of these references. And one of them said it will not look up words that are less than three letters. So I had to switch to another uh, Bible program to look up the word up. Matter of fact, uh, as I was looking at this and looking at the word up, the word up occurs 2,380 times in the Bible. And so it occurs a lot of different times. But up, and this first point that I want to make, and it has to do with this verse right here, up is an attitude. And an attitude is something like a shirt, and, uh, matter of fact, I went to the, uh, closet and I was, uh, I've got a suit there in the dining room now that we, the church added on to the parsonage. There's a clo- extra closet and, uh, there in the dining room and that's where I, my suits are and my jackets. And the cold weather's here and I grabbed the suit and I was headed back there and Karen said, no, put that back. <laughs> I ironed a different shirt. Okay, you wearing fall colors, and I got hot while it goes. I took the uh, took the jacket, but see, but it's like a, it's like a, I don't have a choice in what I wear. But y'all may have a choice. But let me tell you something. Attitude is a choice. Now, now she can pick out my clothes, but she sure can't pick out my attitude. Don't you wish you could pick out other people's attitude? <laughs> hey, let me pick you an attitude out because I don't like the attitude you got. <laughs> but did y'all know it's kind of like a shirt you put on your attitude? And attitude comes with, and again, thank the Lord, it's free will, you know. And so you got here this morning, right here in this. What does this verse say? This verse says, in the morning I will what? You see, you start, you have a choice on how you're going to start your day. Did y'all know that? You didn't think that was in the Bible, did you? (laughs) It's in the Bible. You have a choice. How are you going to start out this day? Hey, did you know you do that? Every, not just on, well, uh, uh, Brother Michael, I was headed to church and our whole family prayed together. We was praying for you. We was praying for the services and praying for the lost people. 
I hope you did that. But not just on Sunday, but every day you can do what this verse says. I will look up. I will lift up. I will shout up. I will uh, sing up to you. And I, it's an attitude. And there's other verses that are like this. As a matter of fact, I call this is what I call our everyday verse. This is something you and I should do every day. Amen. Amen. So if you, if this ain't for you, then the Lord ain't for you because that verse is for you and me. Every day we need to look to Him. And let's look at uh, Luke 21. This is our attitude for the future. When we're down, when we're discouraged, in Luke 21, the Word of God says this. <clears throat> There we go. And then it says, and when these things begin to come to pass, talking about signs of the end times, then look up and lift up. Notice there's up twice in that verse. Look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. I only got one up circled or highlighted on that one. Look up, lift up. It, to me... Matter of fact, when Jesus was speaking this, he was speaking some pretty bad news. Did y'all know a lot of times in life, according to this verse right here, when you get bad news, when bad things happen, you, again, attitude, uh, at, it's a choice. Up is an attitude. You know, is my attitude up? Is it down? Is my attitude, and who is my attitude fixed on or based on? According to this, when I get bad news, and the disciples had, were getting some bad news about the signs of the end times, what advice did Jesus give? He gave two ups. That we need to look up and that we need to lift up. So when we're down, it's an attitude of hope. Up is also an action. In Psalm 28, backing up in your Bible, if you're keeping up there. In Psalm 28 and verse 2, the Word of God says this. And this is an action. Now, some of these next few verses, if you're following along in, in your bulletin or what have you, up is an action. Not only is up an attitude, because where where's our attitude? A lot of people say our attitude's here. No, 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 no. Our attitude's not here. Our attitude's here. You see, this chooses this. This chooses, you know, when Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, you're, you hear here, and then you have to open here. The doorknob, as the old analogy goes, is on the inside of your heart. You have the choice. Jesus wants in, but you have to choose to let Him in. The same way with your attitude. You hear uh, people talk. You hear your wife. You hear your kids. And man, just like, oh, man, this is horrible. This is starting out. With, you know, sometimes I need, I guarantee you, there's some moms in here. You need a gold medal just for getting your husband and kids dressed and getting them here to church. You know, so you may just have a frustrating time getting to church this morning. It can be, whether it be going to church or going to work, and you're trying to do your best for the Lord, you're trying to serve Him, but again, it's an attitude, and then it's an action. It's also an action. Up is an action. Because it says in this verse, Psalms 28, 2, here... The voice of my 
Now, if you have this King James Bible, it says supplication is prayer. It also means request. Matter of fact, that's the difference between a prayer is it's kind of like a big umbrella. Supplication means this. It means a specific request, a specific request. Hear my, the voice of my supplication when I cry unto thee, I will lift up my hands to thy holy oracle. In other words, where you dwell, where you live, that, that I'm, it's all for you. When we uh, lift our hands, raise our hands, it's kind of like uh, uh, we got a bunch of school teachers in here. Who knows the answer? And the kids go, or if you want to be picked for the team. Well, guess what? I know the answer, and I want to be picked for the team. And I want to be on his team. And I want to let him know that I'm here. I'm present. And you know, are you here? Are you here? Are you awake? Are you listening? And you say, yes, I'm here, and I love you, Lord, and I want to serve you. So up is an action. And look just a few pages over in Psalm 63 and verse 4. It says here, thus I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Folks, some of us just have a short amount of time left. We don't know how much longer that we have left. What are you going to do for the Lord? It says, while I live. Did you know you can't serve him after you die? You can't. Serving is here for this life. I love Psalm 121. Most people have it marked in their Bible. A powerful passage. Matter of fact, Third Day has a song based upon this scripture right here. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From where comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's verse 2. Just throw that in for extra. I don't think I put that in the slide. My help comes from the Lord. I will lift up mine eyes. So not only am I lifting up my hands, not only am I lifting up, you can lift up your heart, but it says here, I will lift up mine eyes. Where do our eyes need to be fixed on? Where do our eyes need to be looking toward? You know, uh, of course, I grew up playing basketball, and I remember going over the fundamentals of shooting a basketball and uh and looking at this here and so uh i remember we were talking about do you look at the front of the rim or the back of the rim but i found this out and some people look right at the center of the rim i found this out in shooting though always look at the same spot you know if you're going to be consistent do everything especially on a free throw line i remember the coach said, put your foot in the same spot dribble the ball the same number of times uh hold the ball and put your hand in the exact same spot and get to where you can shoot above 90 percent on your free throws and and so i was work hard at trying to do it exactly the same way and consistency but folks a lot of us don't have don't consistency consistently look at jesus Every day, in the exact same spot, is He a consistent part of your life? If you want to have a home in heaven, it's not about trying harder. It's not about doing more but about looking to Him and asking Him to be your Savior. 
He's your help. He's your strength. He's your deliverer. He's my Savior, my King. And I ask you this morning, do you know my King? I hope and pray that you do. The Bible says, just uh, backing up a little bit, still here in Psalms, now, this doesn't have the word up because I've talked about consistency and lifting up our eyes toward him. But in Psalm 42, 5, the world wants to take you to take your eyes off of him. And when you do, I've met many a backslidden, discouraged Christian because of this verse right here. Why art thou cast down on my soul and why art thou disquieted in me? Because their hope is what is not in the Lord. Our hope needs to what? Hope thou in God. For yet shall I praise him for the help of his countenance, which means his in his presence. And so I hope and pray that this world hasn't turned your eyes away from him. Up is not only an attitude, it's not only an action, but it's also anticipation. You know, our kids, they grow up, our kids stand up, and we say, oh, they're walking! And then we tell them to sit down and hush up. And uh, that's usually the way it goes. And we get so excited whenever they do those things. You know, God wants to, anticipation, God wants to see you do some things. And in James chapter 4, these are some of the ups that God wants you to do and be a part in. In James chapter 4 and verse 10, the Word of God gives us some advice here. It says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Now, a lot of times, um, we can, when we get our eyes um, off the Lord... And you know, when I, as I read these verses, <clears throat> and you're sitting here listening to me for 20 minutes now, and you know, just wrap it up here in just a few more minutes, and how do you take these verses though, and, and <clears throat> let's let's give you some tools you can use. Um, this week I had to help help Trey. And uh, take a dish, satellite dish, off his off his house. And uh, he said, "Can you help me?" I said, "I'll I'll go up." <laughs> Speaking of up, I'll go up. I didn't want him to go up. I figured it's safer for me to go up. And so, but he had the he had the right tools. And he tossed me those tools, and he can toss them good. He tossed them where they stop. You know how to toss it up, and it just stops right in front of you. Reach out and grab it. Man, he tossed me that nine sixteenth wrench. Man, that's perfect tool. It's nothing like having as one of those gear drive ratchets. That was I like those things. Those are good. These verses are useless if we don't put them to work. These verses are useless if it's not the right tool for the right job. What does this verse say again? Humble yourself, because most of us think, well, you know what? I'm pretty important. I do this for the church. Do you know how much money I gave to the church? Do you know how much I volunteer? Do you know how much I do? Do you know what position I have? Do you know how old I am? Do you know how young I am? Do you know how talented I am? But the Bible says this. If you want to be used, you say, I want God to use me mightily. Here's what you got to do. Put everybody ahead of you. 
lift others up. And when you do that, it's an attitude. Again, it's an action too. You have to choose to do it. And what does God say? If you do that, what does God say he'll do to you? Isn't that cool? Now, that's a tool you can use. And not only that, God also wants you, in having that attitude, it'll help you grow up. Because if you back up to Ephesians, it talks about growing up. And uh, and then, Caleb, would you mind coming up here real quick? I need your, need your help. Come on up here a second. Reese is the right Caleb. There may be another Caleb in here. Okay, and, but it says here in Ephesians 4.15, it says this. It says, but speak the truth in love. You may grow up unto him in all things. So we need to grow up right down here on the carpet. Okay, now this part I, I did put in the bulletin. I use, you know, God wants us to lay up. So pretend there's a goal, son, and do a, do a basketball layup. Just pretend. Wait a second. Wait, the, that's the other team's goal. Do it down there. That's that's your goal. And so there you go. There you go. Right foot, right form, right. Or thank you, son. Y'all give it up for Caleb. Good job. Thank you, Caleb. Don't let that go to your head. Okay. Right form. Wrong goal. How could you shoot on the wrong goal? And uh, But this, this layup here is not talking about a basketball layup, is it? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, what does it say? Jesus said this. Layup. Now, this is very important because most of us, our whole life, you plan and dream and get your uh, life in order. And you, I have my retirement laid up. I have my house. Man, I have my dream home. I have a house to live in. I've got all these plans. But the Bible says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. See, that's the whole goal. This, this, I want to grow up. I want to live it up. I want to speak up for the Lord. But all of this is about one thing. I'm laying up treasure in heaven not so i can get there but that i can have something i can share with him and say i did live for you i did do something for you and the bible does say it speaks of us worshiping and laying our crowns at his feet and then lastly so you live your whole life you do everything just right now i'm not talking about without mistake i'm not talking about not messing up i'm talking about just putting him first i'm saved and jesus says if you're saved if you know me as personal savior one day i'm coming back again in first thessalonians 4 17 the word of god says this one day there's going to be a rapture now the word rapture is not in the bible the word rapture is just latin for these two words that's all it is. First Thessalonians 4.17 We, if you're saved, your body is not going to stay in the ground. There's going to be a resurrection. And then if you're alive and remain, that means if you're alive when Jesus comes. Now, some people think, may think that this is, this is a fairy tale. But folks, the Bible says there really will be a rapture. There really will be a time where if you're alive when Jesus comes back, that you will be caught up to meet Him in the air. 
That's an amazing, amazing thing. And then the very last up is kind of a scary up. Matter of fact, the most scary, one of the most scary verses in the Bible says this in Luke 16, verse 23. It says that this fellow died. The Bible doesn't give us his name. But in verse 23, it says, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. Not just torments singular, but torments plural. And he sees Abraham afar off. Lazarus in his bosom means just leaning on his on his chest, just leaning on him there. They was visiting. And uh, he started talking. He said, I'm tormented in this flame. A lot of people say, uh, isn't there darkness in hell? Well, how can there be fire and dark? And I've heard people try to try to rationalize hell. Did you know even in this, even in our physics, that there's such thing as a fire that does not put off light? And, but even if there wasn't, do you think God who created fire and light and all this other stuff, do you think he might could create a fire that produced no light? I think it's pretty simple for him to do. If he created light and he created flame to begin with, we, we don't like to talk about death. We've had, how many people of our loved ones have, have we put in a casket right here and laid in that earth right over there? Death is real. And we love to sing about heaven. There's not too many songs about hell in that uh, Heavenly Highway hymn book, is there? That's why it's called the Heavenly Highway Hymn Book. There's a lot of songs about heaven in there. But we love to talk about heaven. We love to sing about it. But y'all know if there's a heaven, there's a hell. If there's salvation, there's also no salvation. Which means you accept Jesus or you reject Him. That, that's what it comes down to. Accepting Jesus are rejecting Jesus. It's either or. I've told this story. Uh, one of my teachers at seminary who grew up here in this area, Brother Roy Chapman, when he made hospital visits, he'd get on the elevator and he would witness to them. He'd be, you know how people say, floor two, hey, can you mash five for me? Brother Roy Chapman, he'd go, up or down when you die? And you're standing in the elevator with him. That may, may want you to get out of the elevator with him. <laughs> but did y'all know it's your choice? It's not a, I'm good enough. It's do you have Jesus? Have you asked Jesus to save you? Some point, in, if you're saved this morning, you can remember... You may not have wrote it down. You don't remember that it was August 15th, 19. But you remember asking Jesus 
to save you. You say, I, I didn't write down the date and all that. And I don't remember what I said, but I remember asking him to save me. I hope you know him as your Savior. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, there are only two choices. And it's to accept what you've done to accept your payment for our sins. To accept what Jesus did on the cross or to reject. The whole point of everything is so that we could go up. So that we could... Live it up for you, stand up for you, and speak up for you, and not be ashamed. Give us the courage and the strength to do what your Holy Spirit is asking this morning. Help us to put you first in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen.